Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by FedEx. Small and medium businesses need happy customers. That's why FedEx offers picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and over 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Capital One Bank. With no fees or minimums, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions, even easier than deciding to listen to another episode of your favorite podcast. And with no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. From APM, American Public Media, and WNYC, this is Freakonomics Radio on Marketplace. Here's the host of Marketplace, Kai Rizdahl. Time now for a little bit of Freakonomics Radio, that moment in the broadcast every couple of weeks where we talk to Stephen Nubner, the co-author of the books and the blog. Jeez, uh, Kai, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fight through it. Here, all right. Okay. Books and the blog of the same name. It is, of course, the hidden side of everything. Ah, let me find the button, Kai. I got it. I got it. Apologies. Right. So what are you doing? I'm sorry. We just put a burglar alarm in the studio here. It goes off like every five minutes. One I'm, would think so you'd sorry. be able to turn it off when you're on the radio, dude. You would, but you know, it's not just me, Kai. Do you have any idea what the false alarm rate is for burglar alarms in this country? Well, I'm just going to guess you're trying to make a point here. So I would say high, yes. The data show that false alarms account for 94 to 99% God. of all alarm calls. Wow. Okay? I mean, that's, that's great that they're false alarms, but it's bad that they're false alarms, right? Well, you know who hates it even more than the homeowners are the police. Yeah, of course. Listen to Craig Steckler. He's the police chief of Fremont, California. When he realized that 98% of the alarm calls to his department were false alarms, he started to figure out what this was actually costing him. Okay. The officer's time, we figured it was around $67 and for each officer to respond, two officers per call. Then the dispatch time was around $12 for every dispatch call. So you know, we took those figures and multiplied it by our number of alarms and came up with this figure of 664,000. So <laughs> wow, right that's, that that's just a lot of false alarms. We talked to Simon Hakim, an economist at Temple who's been studying this issue for a long time. He says that in a given year, U.S. police respond to more than 35 million alarm activations. Now, again, Kai, uh, something like 95 mm-hmm. percent of them are false alarms. Right. And the cost is about $2 billion dollars. Most of the time, it's not a burglar that came to your house, but it's false activation. So the 94 to 99 percent, you get a personal service. It's not enhancing in any way and form the security of the community. So that, that phrase you used, false activation, what does that mean? Well, you know, one industry expert we talked to puts about 75% of the blame on user error. So, of course, the industry would blame us stupid users, right? And then there's the weather and power surges. And also, you know, let's not forget there are actual burglars out there, about 2 million burglaries a year in the U.S. So do these alarm systems, though, deter? I mean, would it be 5 million without them? Well, you know, Hakim says that, yes, the alarm systems do deter burglars to some degree, the sign in the yard and, you know, the threat of the right. alarm and the police. We've got a deterrent effect, which just happens to have an extraordinarily high false positive rate. 
What does the alarm industry say? I mean, they're obviously making a lot of money selling these things that don't work 95% of the time. Well, good point. We talked to Ron Walters with the Security Industry Alarm Coalition, which helps deal with the complaints about false alarms from the police departments. It's our number one priority. This is the one issue that we have decided has to be addressed. So, you know, they're proposing better design for alarm keypads, more video monitoring to verify whether an alarm call is legit. But, you know, if you think about how the incentives are laid out, Kai, you do have to wonder how hard the alarm companies really need to try. Here's Chief Steckler again. They have a business model that sells a product that gets serviced by a public entity that they don't even Mm. pay to do the service. And so it's money in their pocket. Why should they change? Yeah, that's the total uh, skeptical realist view, but he's got a point, right? He does have a point. You know, financial analysts say that industry leader ADT, for instance, has an operating margin of about 25 percent on roughly $3 billion in annual revenues. And so these false alarms pose what economists call a negative externality. That is, the provider charges you for the service, but then they pass along a big part of their costs to someone else. In this case, the police departments and the taxpayers who support them. Right. So what are we supposed to do about it? What are the solutions? Well, you know, it's probably a good idea to make the alarm companies more accountable in some fashion, including, you know, having them make alarms that don't fail so often. In the meantime, you know, some cities have started to penalize homeowners Mm -hmm. for repeated false alarms, cash fines, even misdemeanor charges. Uh, As for me, I think I'm just going to ditch my new alarm that seems to go (laughs) off every five minutes. I'm going old school here. Kai, see if this new alarm of mine would actually keep you out of of my (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Make my dog's day, Kai. I've I've been to your house. I know you don't have a dog. Get out of here, Mr. Upper West Side. Stephen Dubner, Freakonomics.com is the website. See you in a couple of weeks. Talk to you soon, Kai. Hey, thanks for downloading this Freakonomics Radio podcast. Our episode next week will be a full one-hour program called Eating and Tweeting. You'll hear from Alice Waters, Nathan Mirvold, Justin Halpern, Duncan Watts, and Steve Levitt, who would much rather eat than tweet. Unless, of course, someone else is doing the tweeting for him. That'll be next Thursday on iTunes and at Freakonomics.com. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean – Every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. 
Welcome to your Walmart.